Cheeto, I think we did it. I think we're back. Welcome to Vleeties. It's been too long. I've been sick. My voice was gone two weeks ago because I had COVID. Cheeto, give me a fucking break. You didn't dance during the song. Uh, I thought we queued it up pretty nicely, Gino, to have a little dance party before we got going, but you didn't want to partake. Uh, but we watch wrestling. Is that what we do, Gino? That is what we all do. We're all here for this amazing discussion, this amazing events that we had this weekend, both GCW and our amazing impact we had. This we week. did not watch GCW, be honest. I didn't watch it. None of us here watched it. None of us knew it happened until you just said that right now. Because there's pressing things, you know. We have to talk about Slammiversary. This was the uh, second biggest night of the year for Impact Wrestling. You know, they still... This one felt awesome, though. They did a great job. For those who don't know, Impact Wrestling is a wrestling company. Gino and I talk about niche wrestling, okay? We go niche. That's why he mentioned GCW. Sometimes I have to go, oh, yeah, what do you stay at? So, yes, Gino, GCW is a wrestling thing. Impact Wrestling is a thing. Let's lead with WWE first, though. Let's try and bring in those wrestling people who are like, oh, I knew wrestling. I remember Booker T. Uh, Booker T says Adam Cole's a fat piece of shit. Did you hear this? Like, uh, this was on his radio show, which I, I forget what it's called. Like, what's it called? Heated Conversations with the Booker Man or something. Uh, he was saying that uh, Adam Cole, uh, he, he has a, there's been criticism over his body, which honestly we've been saying that for a while. You know, doesn't he look more out of shape since leaving uh, WWE? He does have a very distinct like difference. I can tell. Like in NXT, he looked bigger. He looked like he was working out a lot, especially because like Hunter and everyone's like they're enforcing you. Hey, come here to performance so you can come here every week. You can train. You can be up. Now that he's fully free and he's just doing whatever on the weekly days and just going in for TV one day a week, he's not really working out as much as he used to have. Isn't that bullshit though? Like if you have that much free time, you should be working out more. Uh, Thank you so much, Charlie Hostile, for the hydrate. I was a little thirsty. Like and you even brought this up Says about Facebooker spitting facts. Cole sucks. Dude has a worse BMA than me. Yeah, I, I was shocked. Like because ever since watching Adam Cole in AEW, he doesn't give a shit. Like he had that feud with Orange Cassidy. Remember they were walking towards each other on the beach. It looked like two idiots walking toward. Like it didn't look like wrestlers. I mean that's what Booker T was trying to say. Like Booker T works out and tries to look like a wrestler, look like a fighter at least. And we're in this era of wrestlers where, yeah, even Sammy Callahan, when I was messaging you, Sammy Callahan is a wrestler for Impact Wrestling. He looks way fatter. Like I just was like, whoa. So you're you're what you were saying was, oh well he's he, he had an injury. He's still coming back from injury. In my head I'm thinking, you're not on the road. You're you get to just be at home and work out. You should come back in the best shape of your life. Like, that's how other athletics are. We look at Edge. Edge had all that time off. He got in the best shape of his life. When you're not on the road wrestling, that should be t- – Edge and Christian told that story several – like, they talk about that several times on their ENC's pot of awesomeness. Like, there was a difference between road shape and there was a difference between, like, coming back from injury shape where you come back all yoked and looking great and then after going to Wendy's three nights a week complaining about double onions, motherfucker – once you do that, then you kind of get in a different kind of in shape. Like Jericho and like when he was uh, undisputed champion, was in great road shape. When he came back from being a rock star and writing books, he was in amazing shape. I guess that's true, but at the same time, like I don't remember at least how severe like the leg injury was for Sam because he was out for a longer period of time. So I'm not sure who was like, once I'm fully cleared, I'm just going to go in, start workout, try to be in a good shape. 
but he didn't really have like that amount of time where he could put weight on his leg and really work out the way he knows works for him to be in a better shape. Chino, there's so, you know, people that work out with there's people there's people amputees that can work out. Like just because his his foot is injured doesn't mean he can't do he can't bench press, he can't do sit ups. Like there's other workouts you can do without a leg. And I think that's so there are injuries like you know you look at like Stone Cold Steve Austin had the broken neck. Like his workout really was I got, all I could do was walk on a damn treadmill. Like there were there are wrestlers that recovered through these injuries uh and and they find a way to stay in sh- as an athlete you got to find a way to stay in shape it's not like clay thompson tears an acl and he's like well i can't do any leg workouts uh so i'm just gonna sit around like no he would find a way to get his cardio in even with a torn acl so a guy like callahan maybe your ankle's broken you can get in a pool and swim laps like there's got to be things they could do so when i look at adam cole and i agree with booker t so much because and this isn't just Adam Cole, it's a lot of like the modern day wrestlers, or they're not like Eddie Kingston. Like these guys aren't in like good wrestler shape. Like I and I know Vince would always brat, you know, it's a body business, damn it. Well, if it wasn't a body business, they would all wrestle in like you know track track suits. They would not be shirtless and pantless. I guess that's true, but that's the thing is like there are like gyms you can go to, whether it be like home gym or like stuff like around your area. But at the same time, when like Adam Cole. You will go to a PC. The PC is, I think, the fucking best gym in the entire world that no one else can go to but WWE <laughs> contracted guys. And that's why I'm just like, if you can't go there, you're used to that. You can't really go back to like going to a regular gym. I think I have Cole is <laughs> like in a weird state where you can't get to where he used to be by going to PC every fucking day. Gino, I watched Randy Orton and Edge have a last man standing match in that gym. It's just a CrossFit gym. Like, it, what, what is this? Like, I understand it's a soda facility. It's state of the art. And, yeah, it's, it looks like a kick-ass gym. Absolutely. But there's CrossFit gyms. There's performance center. There's a Michael Johnson performance center. An Olympian has a gym not too Says far Says Gino, that's fucking retarded. Yeah, like, I think that you can have a good workout somewhere else. It's not... Booker T never had the performance center when he was in shape. Like, I, I do think it's possible... Uh, to get a good pump on. And Adam Cole, I mean, just doesn't have the mass. Like, So here's what Booker T said on his show. He was saying, uh, if Adam Cole has to have surgery uh, and he's going down for six, nine months and he you know, loses any more muscle, it's going to be hard on this brother, Booker T stated. You know what I'm saying right now, dog? He, he's a buck 60, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we got to get more weight on Adam Cole, you know what I mean? That's his problem. He's light, bottom light. We have to get some muscle on this kid. That's probably one of the reasons why he's going down there, getting hurt because he uh, he can't it can't be the schedule at AEW. Yeah, that's a great point. It's not like AEW has Adam Cole wrestling four or five nights a week like NXT had him running coconut loops. So it, this schedule and him getting hurt and him not being in the best shape must be him on his Twitch fucking playing games and not exercising. It also can be, again, here's something I do keep in mind, is that with wrestlers, and maybe make sure of this, your guys are always like on the road doing these house shows, getting your body used to taking bumps regularly. But then like when there's a time period when you're not wrestling, whether it be weeks, even months, even just a short period of time when you like don't work, the fucking bumps you take that night that you're able to take and actually work again, it fucking hurts even more. So again, that could weaken your body up because it's not used to it again. Sure, that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah, Bobby Roode would say like he hated working for Impact when they switched to that TV taping schedule where they would tape like ten weeks at a time because he wouldn't wrestle for two months and then he would take a bump and go. <laughs> it would it would shock him a little bit. So and then you'd get used to it over the weekend and then not wrestle for two months again and he hated that. But 
look at Goldberg. It's a Goldberg comes back in shape. Like Brock Lesnar just showed up. He's in shape. Guys can take time off and be in shape or wrestle sporadically and be in shape. I, I think it's a it's a personal choice to be out of shape. Look look at uh Tyler Breeze, for example. Uh he this guy has a wrestling school. He's taking bumps regularly. He's not wrestling full time. So Adam Cole is married to a wrestler or, or dating one. They can be wrestling each other on their off time. Britt Baker's in phenomenal shape. What's what's Adam's excuse? Okay, that's one thing. I don't know why, Adam. He is streaming a lot on Twitch, so that could be a thing. He just decides, I'd rather do this for my community that I'm, like, guiding and having instead of, like, being a wrestler and just doing wrestling as his, like, side job eventually. Well, I'm annoyed, and I, I love Hangman Page, but I, he, isn't he always the worst on Twitter? Like, because he even comes up, like, to defend Adam Cole, who, by the way, in storyline is his, like, bitter rival. So I just hope that when I'm old and retired, I don't lower myself to some shit-ass podcast. Or I trash the younger generation that's chasing the same fortune wrestling has afforded me. That's bullshit too for Adam Page because the the younger generation, look at Austin Theory. Dude's doing pose downs with Bobby Lashley looking outstanding. Getting baby oil sprayed in his eyes. Like Adam Page is saying like, oh, he's trashing a whole generation of out of shape, younger, smaller wrestlers. Like that's not true. There's still there's still athletes that are putting a lot of work into looking like like wrestlers, like a moose. Holy shit! Did you watch Monsters Ball? He looked phenomenal. Like he, he should wear tight white jeans every match. He looks so good. Look at Josh Alexander. He's in incredible shape. EY is forty and he's in incredible shape. Like, there's no reason for him to say the a young the younger generation that's just trying to chase the same fortune. Like that's not true at all. I, what do you think? Is Hangman out of line? Hangman is always like I've hated Hangman for a long time. <laughs> Both him being just the worst champion AEW's ever had because he's tiding these matches we're being force fed him as like he's our star, he's our guy. And then yes, yeah, Twitter, like even though yes, I am more left leaning and political views I what? do than like even his Twitter is bad. Yeah, he's too left leaning and he's soft and fuck him. Like I I AEW is getting harder and harder for me to support with all these fucking idiots. I actually like Austin Theory now. Like that's WWE is in a weird place for me where it's like they have the, the the they're trying to tear down the CEO for sexual assault allegations and I'm like no fuck you guys Vince rules I'm like the crowd I'm like hailing him and shit like all the all the the, the libtards are like this is so tone deaf why would you have a sexual uh, a sexual predator coming out to introduce John Cena beloved by all why would you guys do that it's like no fuck you guys uh, Vince rules John Cena rules. Ezekiel rules. Elias's beard rules. Everyone needs to settle the fuck down. Wrestling's the best it's ever been. Now that I'm talking about it out loud, I hated Hulu Raw, but just trying to like defend WWE is probably what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. I, I I've never been like this. Money in the bank is worse than the COVID money in the bank for me. Like I have no interest in this shit, but I'm gonna love it. Uh, but yes, that's that's the hotness in WWE news. Uh, me and Kevin will probably get into Vince tomorrow. Uh, or even you know, I know it's been covered to death by our friends like Stephen Larson, Gino, all the other, all the other TWFSites, you know. Um, but Gino, we had our Super Bowl. I feel uh, this past weekend. Now I had family over, as it happens with every Impact Wrestling event. Every Impact Wrestling event coincides with Van Vliet family members showing up. So I didn't watch it live. I, I it was Father's Day, so I had people over. We had a big barbecue. It was an amazing day, you know. Um, did you do anything with your stepdad for Father's Day? Did you ask him what he did for a living? 
Uh, we didn't really have that much time we could share because like he had stuff going on. Thankfully, he didn't have drill because thankfully they had Father's Day off. So he was like around the house taking care of some stuff that needed to be done. But something I want to quickly bring up since we did like just gloss over the whole Vince stuff is I'm realizing after like watching the boys and really getting an understanding of the boys, Vince is like Homelander and Darby is Vaughn. That's what I'm seeing. I'm realizing he's just doing this to make him seem like I'm not. It doesn't matter what I'm in trouble with. I'm on this ship. No matter if it's sinking or not, I'm still the captain of it, even if I'm not in charge. But he is. Thank you for the happy late Father's Day. And the federal government's vought, Gino. They're trying to can't. This is like Vince is, uh, is Blue Hawk or whatever. He's just doing his job. He's got the statistics. These women wanted to have sex with, with him to further their careers. It seemed like it was a mutual parting of uh, a mutual exchange of goods, if you will. And no, they're trying to take him down now. He just built this. He built this empire, and they're coming for him. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, no, Vince is a hero. Vince is like uh, Homelander's son, and they're trying Says to. Says Vince is Stan Edgar, not Homelander. Gino Dunn. Thank you. That's another good call. Vince is Stan Edgar. He's just kind of the innocent guy. Who, yeah, he's done some shady shit, but he's not the super villain that is cancel culture. Uh, and look at A-Train. He ran through that woman. Who the fuck is he to l lecture people about? Oh, you're you're too you're a little too abusive towards the black community. Well, you ran to a black woman in the first fucking episode, you piece of shit. So, yes, Gino. I mean, but at the same time with, like, A-Train right now this season, again, I'm looking forward to discussing it with uh, Geezy now till next week, but him not picking a side, really standing up for an opinion. I'm really liking this A-Train side story. It's actually really He ran through a woman, Gino, and wasn't one little bit sorry about it. Okay, don't forget where he came from. This isn't like wrestling where uh, you can be a villain and then suddenly you turn babyface. You can't be Triple H and tear your quad after running over Austin with a car and shit and come back as a babyface. Okay, this is TV. I know the storyline in kayfabe in in boys kayfabe. That was like seven months ago or a year ago when he ran through that woman violently on the street and and just said, "Sorry." No, he's the worst, you know. I understand he's trying to stand up for black rights and black lives, but Nighthawk said it. Why is there so much crime in this fucking community? Why are you guys yelling at me? But for then, this is the most reception. We shouldn't be talking about what happened there. Spoilers, but him, yeah. We I had to spoilers. say on the news, we should not talk about that. But again, him now changing the narrative because he, again, Black Blue Hawk, also a piece of shit. But we'll move on from that. We'll go to the next part. So, yes, Vince McMahon, I do kind of agree now. He is the Stan Edgar. And we have uh, the fucking chick who's the congresswoman is what, like, is the pet, is the ch part of the, uh, what's it called? The Nick, Nick, Con Con. Nick Con. Yeah, Nick Con is Homelander, if anything, right now. He's trying to ruin our company. Uh, it really... He's trying to ruin it. He makes. Do you like Rhea Ripley, Gino? Why are you like? Oh well, this is just a throwaway. We're waiting for Bianca Rhea. Is it Bianca Rhea? Just another like. Oh, we're waiting for Bianca Becky. Bianca Rhea, I feel, is going to be better than any of the other women against Bianca because at least it's two really strong, powerful women who can be stars. Carmel is a star. She got that YouTube show. Like Becky's a star. Oscar's a star. Why are you? What is this? What you? When we talk about women's wrestling, I am fascinated by like where you value certain people and you hate Mickey James. So I'm always like curious. Like where is his mind? Like were you mad that Jordan Grace won the title at Sam anniversary? I was watching that. Like oh, Gino probably hates this shit. 
I was really happy that Jordan Grace, her entire career has finally culminated to this moment, actually. I was really glad that we got this moment. Even though Deanna should have won, <laughs> I'm fine that Jordan Grace won because it made sense. Like, okay. I knew it. I was watching it like, that was a good match. I just can only imagine, like, the bitter wrestling fans like, fucking Deanna. We have our queen. Why isn't she the champion? Why didn't Chelsea Green win it? Her and Matt Cardona could be champions everywhere they go. What the fuck's happening? Like, Rhea Ripley sucks. So, if I'm going to get Carmella versus Bianca, that's the same as Rhea versus Bianca. Rhea is not good. Do you remember the shark? She was the women's champion already. It didn't work. It was terrible. But this can be better because we have at least two stars that have, like, equal power level. Again, we don't know her deadlifting. We only know Bianca's deadlifting is, like, 400, I think, was on the marquee. We need to know everybody's. I think that's what we need to know now. You want to have Instead another of all these championship records and all this, we need to see everyone's deadlifting so we can see everyone's PR. You want another combine. You want another NXT combine to really test where these women are at. You want to make these women work out for your entertainment. I, I'm with you. Yeah, women and men. We need to see it for everybody. We need to see everyone's personal best every time. We need to see if they've actually done any better in the gym. That's what we need to see. We don't need title records. We don't need all these records. You want another there. another Zia Lee working out with Sheamus video. I'm with you, all right? I'm not against it. I want to watch Becky Lynch work out with Sheamus as well. I, Gino, I'm not against these things you're saying. I just think we're, I like that your argument is like, well, they're both strong. <laughs> who cares? Fucking who cares? That's what people say about like Joe Doring. It's like, oh God, like, come on. We, we don't need Joe Doring versus Joe Doring. We need Joe Doring versus Josh Alexander, Gino. We want to see a clash of styles, not clones smashing into each other. Maybe so, but that's what we are looking forward to. Again, we won't spoil the results of Snipers, but we might be getting that match, a rematch that we had a weeks ago on Impact, which I'm excited for. Gino, let's get to the niche. Stop talking about Bianca Belair and Rhea Shitty Ripley, okay? We're going to talk some wrestling. This is the stuff that us indie kids love. This is Impact Wrestling. Slammiversary, number 20. Dude, 20 years of Impact. They didn't think it would last 20 days, let alone 20 years. Uh, people really acted like this company sucked dick in the beginning, huh? Like, I guess there are there are all those stories where you know Jeff Jarrett says it could have ended in a week, one hundred percent could have ended immediately, uh, and I guess those stories are true. But I mean, after after year one, I have the year one TNA DVD by the way, Gene. I'll let you borrow it. Um, and, and yeah, we we knew this company. The company almost died what six or seven years ago. Uh, but no, TNA rules. They they kept bashing early day TNA like, oh, it sucked. We don't know how it survived. It's like you guys had good wrestling. Wait, stop acting. Oh, we don't know how. Fuck it. We tricked all these people into paying 10 bucks a week to watch this shit. Like, no. Yeah, we and then when we had it on TV, the best part is when they had it on TV, they got 1 million views. It's like, that, it's, died, it's dead. It's dying. 1 million. Who could do that 1 million in a week when Raw was doing like 4 to 6 to even 7 some weeks? So like, they're like, oh, Impact's dead. TNA's dead. It's like, but right now in 2022, Fucking AEW would wish they could have a million consistently like Impact did. Did you cry during Slammiversary at any point? I almost teared up when we brought about Don West and his condition. I cried during the Don West part. I'm shocked that you didn't. I thought we all did. So, okay, let's 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 go. Slammiversary opens with TNA's signature match. The ultimate Wait, X. do we not want to talk about the pre-show that matters? You don't care about the pre-show match? Don't care about the pre-show match. It's not even listed. You don't care about the reverse battle royal. It's not even match. listed on this sheet, so I'm not even going to go yeah. through it, Gino. What, why don't you tell me? You don't care about the pre-show? Why don't you tell me what happened to the pre-show? Well, we had Shark Boy win the reverse battle royal, but we had the best man of all time, David Effing Young, the best spine buster in the business. He was in this match with uh, Johnny Swinger. 
right, hold on, hold on. Like, You're making people not want us to talk about this now. That was already not good. <laughs> like once you were like David effing young, Johnny Swinger. You're naming a bunch of bad things, and that's what makes people go. Impact sucks. Just lead with the good stuff, Gino. That pre-show you stuff. Like that tag team. The pro- I didn't even watch that because it wasn't even on the feed that I watched. So. Ace Austin. Let's talk about guys in the Bullet Club, Gene, okay? People still pretend Bullet Club is cool, okay? Bullet Club. Ace Austin is in the Bullet Club now. I guess something happened uh, at Super Juniors or some shit. None of us saw it. Did you see it, Gino? I did. It was before Dominion. They had this event where Ace Austin did help ELP for the best Super Juniors, so he's part of Bullet Club now, which is great. I'm excited. That sounds terrible. I don't like ELP. Ace Austin rules. So Ace Austin takes on uh, Kenny King of Honor No More. Uh, who my wife was excited to see. She's like, isn't that the guy from The Bachelor? I go, yes, that is him. That's the pretty boy Pitbull, Kenny King. So she knew one of the guys in this match. Speedball Mike Bailey, Trey Miguel with his terrible spray painting gimmick. Why does he still do that? It would almost be better if he just did like a Jericho, like Michael Jackson with his back to the thing, and it just like spray painted itself. He doesn't need to off-timingly do his fucking spray paint gimmick. It's very awful. Uh, Andrew Everett, I bet you were very excited to see Andrew Everett. I... Didn't know who that was. Uh, I thought as soon as they said Andrew Everett, I was like, wasn't that Trevor Lee's name? And then I thought, no, Trevor Lee is Cameron Grimes. Who's Andrew Everett? But they were like a tag team, right? Yes, they were a tag team. People considered that to be kind of in the lull of impact, but I was a big fan of Andrew Everett, the big dog, the seven-foot giant. Andrew Everett, he's amazing. I was so nervous when you said people considered, and I thought you were about to say, Andrew Everett and Trevor Lee, one of the greatest teams in history. Like, I was so nervous you were going to say something so stupid. But, no, you are correct. That was a lull in TNA. That's green rope TNA. That's green X Division Championship TNA. Trevor Lee was one of, like, the many things when I would peep into TNA and see him and – Andrew Everett and, uh, like, Gregory Helms. I was like, oh, man, TNA sucks now. What happened? This is, like, this is bad. This is, like, uh, Empire Wrestling Federation, but I like that. I like Empire Wrestling. I don't like this. Um, so that was, so this was the uh, the Ultimate X match. Now, Alex Zane was also in this match, and Alex Zane uh, is a star in every fucking match he's in. Now, first of all, do you still call him Ari Sterling constantly? Because I cannot remember his other name. Alex Zane, I have to look at it on paper every time. Ari Sterling, I only watched him wrestle like two matches in 205 Live. But that's such a better name. Ari Sterling, he's great. But the sauce, Alex Zane, is even better. He's fucking basically connect with Taco Bell. It's all about the sauce, all about Taco Bell, hot and fiery flavor. He's amazing. He's the best. He had, he did really well in this match. He stands out. Is he even like a full-time Impact employee? Because I don't know what happens with Impact or some of these guys. Like, like Trey Miguel won't go away. Mike Bailey's here to stay. Kenny King, Ace Austin. These guys are here. Andrew Everett just showed up because Jack Evans didn't. And then uh, Alex Zane seems like he just kind of pops in for a match here or there. But how do we get this guy signed to like one of those exclusive contracts? I mean, I would love uh, saying it's signed, but yeah, it does suck because I again we, I mentioned GCW at G uh, Jack Evans had a match the night before at a GCW event and he got injured in a match against Ninja Max, so that's why we did not get Jack Evans in this match. But we got Andrew Everett, who was able to prove to himself like he deserves to be back in Impact, showing how great he is. But Alex Zane did outshine everybody, but Mike Bailey, who's the fucking greatest wrestler right now. Yeah, he had a, he did really well in this match. Mike Bailey is your new reigning X Division champion, which we didn't do predictions for this because I had COVID, but I, like it was kind of obvious. Like just looking at the names on the sheet, like who would you leave Slammiversary as the X Division champion? Had to be Mike Bailey. Like it just made sense watching the match. I was like, Alex Zane better fucking win. But you knew they weren't gonna like he had the beef with. 
uh, with Ace Austin or whatever. So they were trying to build that kind of side narrative. Overall, it was an amazing exhibition match. I liked that they opened the show with this. Uh, it, it just felt, it, you know, when exhibition opens the show and it's high energy and it's it's cool spots and cool moves and they're telling several side stories in the entire match. Really, really well done. Uh, the finish was perfect. Mike Bailey doing that move where he like kind of pulled himself up onto the cables and and gra- and grabbed the belt. Although, was this the match or was it? I think it was this match where Todd and Todd Grisham. What's his name? Uh, what's his new name? What's Tom's Tom name? Hannafin. Tom Hannafin. Okay, when Tom Hannafin goes, he has to grab the belt. I'm doing my Excalibur impression. He has to grab the belt and land on the mat. Like he had just said how you win the match. Grab the belt. Both feet must touch the mat. And then Mike Bailey's like standing up top on the cables like this and the bell rings. And Tom kind of has to just go, he did it. He won. Like, forget what I just said. Forget everything I just said. And it happens later on in the Queen of the Mountain match too, where they're explaining the rules as the finish is happening and the bell rings. And it's like, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I worked at WWE. I, it's be, I, I, with the Queen of the Mountain, it's, I sadly do have to complain about like Jordan Grace is the one that messed up because she didn't know how to clip it but that's besides but we'll get to that when we get to that, that match had a lot of botches in it it was a good match but it was a botch fest it was hey your shoulders are supposed to be down well why would I get pinned after one minute good question well let's, let me just pin you again like it was really really awkward stuff happening in that match um but uh we, we move on to the so Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie go to the ring and I'm already thinking oh I'm not excited for this now, this is the I watched this match at work. So people were like kind of walking around like, "Hey, what you watching?" And I was like, "Little Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, no big deal. Women's uh, Knockouts uh, Championship Tag Match. Uh, maybe you guys want to watch. Maybe you'll learn something Ricardio with a hydrate." Uh, Gino, I think I messaged you. I think Rosemary had her good first good match. I really enjoyed this match. The the dichotomy between Ty and Rosemary and their weird friendship uh, Havoc not being involved was also a little weird for me. Uh, the influence, uh, Madison Rain, what is she, still 24? How does she still look this good, Gino? What's her deadlift? That's the thing. I don't know about any of their deadlifts. Like we should have. We should know every wrestler's lifting record. We need to know their personal best. But I thought this match was amazing, just like you did again. I've told you for so long how good Rosemary is. And now having Ragnarok back together and having the Knockouts Tag Team titles, it's amazing to see. And hopefully we're going to keep this going. Hopefully we'll get more stuff with the Realm, more so with Ty and Rosemary, and continuing on this to try to save Havoc. Yeah, I still don't like Rosemary. I think even in the match, there was like she did a. This was her best match I've ever seen her in. So I will give her credit. I still think she should have won that Ultimate X match. Uh, so yeah, I, I see her value for this company. Uh, but Ty Valkyrie, she's good at this wrestling thing, isn't she? So uh, yeah, I didn't expect a title change to be honest. I you know even with like Ty, I almost expected Ty to turn heel or Rosemary to turn heel or Havoc to turn heel somebody was supposed to turn heel but it was just sort of a happy the 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 baby faces won and the influence are no longer the champions which is very very shocking to me because madison rain should be the champion at all times they even teased like uh that she had lost like her first didn't they say like she had been she was in the first knockouts tag title match and she lost with her partner velvet sky and then she lost this match too so it was like what even matthew raywalt was like don't bring that up uh, but yes, it was brought up. Good match. Very, very surprised. Even more surprising, Gino. Guess who showed up? 
Oh, who showed up? I'm trying to remember who all Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle sent a cameo. They paid Kurt Angle to send a little video in. Talked about how much impact meant to him, some of his best matches. Uh, I, I loved how they did this because in fact, all of these were unexpected for me. I did not expect these little cameos from previous Impact talent. I remember when they had CM Punk do like the Ring of Honor one where he was talking shit about Ring of Honor unintentionally. Like, I don't know what happened after I left. But it was great when I was there. I was like, Jesus Christ, you tone-deaf piece of shit. Uh, so Kurt Angle, yeah, he was talking about some of his greatest matches and his greatest feuds. Uh, the stuff he did with Bobby Roode and James Storm, was, I always thought was really, really good and underrated. Matches with AJ were really good. Uh, are his matches with Sting his best, though? Like, even when he was going through his matches, like, what's the best TNA Kurt Angle match? Samoa Joe obviously comes to mind, but the stuff he did with Sting I thought was always really good. What's, what's your Kurt Angle TNA memory? And I would have to say, even though, like, yeah, all those were great, but I do have to agree with Kurt. What he did say, like, we was asked this, like, years ago. What is, like, favorite match he's had? Kazarian? Oh, Him and Jay Lethal. Which I do have to say, like, that was amazing. But also, since we are bringing up, like, cameos, we did have earlier Sting showing up with another, like, discussing his past and how he loved the Joker gimmick, which, fine. But we also had Scott fucking Hudson, which I thought was cool, seeing him back again. Yeah, it was weird having Scott Hudson. And yeah, it was Sting got to talk about like one of his favorite things was Joker Sting. And when I, you know, I was listening to TWFS at that time as just a listener and it was like a joke. Like why the fuck is this guy doing this? It, it was like ruining impact in a lot of ways, but and wrestling's always better 5 years later. Like, you know, you always look back and go wrestling is so much better when the vaude villains were together. Like, uh, and that's kind of what I think happened here with Joker Sting. It's like, well, now that we have Darby Allen's manager Sting, I could go for a Joker Sting promo right now. Like, so maybe he's right. And, and look for him. It probably was like, I was doing the same thing for 20 years. The crow thing started in 96 or something, 97. So it was kind of nice to mix it up and just be Heath other Joker Sting. Uh, and yeah, it was a little silly, you know, didn't really have like a big payoff at the end of it. Had some interesting promos, but yes, Sting also had some good matches with Says Abyss. Says I miss Aces and Eights never walk alone. They were there. What do you mean you miss them? Aces and Eights was at Slammiversary. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think Kurt Angle and Sting had good matches. I thought you were going to say Kurt Angle and Kazarian because they had a really good match too when he was Kaz. That was like right after Serotonin. He was still Kaz. He wasn't Kazarian again yet. I think that was just before he went to WWE. Remember Kazarian and WWE? I remember the very short-lived time in WWE. Then he came back to Impact, and they weren't. And he was injured, I think, at the time, so they weren't sure like when they were gonna bring Kaz in as suicide. So he had to have Dale as a suicide for a short time until they were ready for Kaz to come. He was so good as the the weird guy on Velocity. He did so awesome. I was so shocked to see him there because I was a TNA fan. So when they had one of the three guys from Serotonin on Velocity, I was very, very shocked. I was waiting for Johnny Devine to show up next. Uh, so, yes, we had Kurt Angle there. That was a lot of fun to see him there. And then Monsters Ball. Uh, this match was a lot of fun. Now, Sammy Callahan's fatter. Sammy Callahan versus Moose and Monsters Ball. Sammy Callahan is looks really out of shape. Moose looked like in the, in the best shape of his life. You could tell he takes this wrestling shit seriously. Uh, and this was a great match. Like I know it's just kind of gimmicky hardcore, and people were kicking out of moves they would never kick out of in regular matches, but really fun stuff. Uh, we got to see thumbtacks. We got to see a sky high onto the thumbtacks. We got to see DDTs. We got to see Cactus Driver 97s. Uh, 
three of those, Gino. Uh, ultimately, Sam McCallahan got the big win. Four that was kids are just as bright and just as talented. Thank you, Ricardio. Were you happy to see Sammy win, or were you upset to see Moose lose again? I felt this was Four a big moment for Sammy with his return match, but what I really kids. loved is how much, like on social media and even before the match, they really did double down in the whole 24 hours. These two men were isolated in a room, dark room, no food, no water. They were stuck here in these two rooms. So Moose comes out, he's just fucking blind. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's so afraid he didn't want to fucking do this. He has to go out to the match. And Sammy's just so fucking hyped. He's like, he loves this place. He wants to live there from now on. So he comes out for this match, and in the middle of the match, like early on, Moose goes to a fan who has a hot dog and water. He just fucking takes the hot dog, takes a bite, throws it in the ground, and takes the water and drinks it because he's fucking starved and fucking dehydrated. Yeah, it was a little. It was a nice little nugget to add to that match because otherwise, it is just a street fight. I like that they did the homage back to like abyss, abyss into the, uh, you know, he's sitting in the room like freaking out. And so is Raven, and so is Black Rain, and all the people that have been in these. These uh, Monsters Ball, ma Jeff Hardy, all these people in the Monsters Ball matches where they would kind of do the gimmick up of you're in seclusion for 24 hours. We turn you into an, like an insane person. And then Abyss comes out and beats the shit out of you and puts you in broken glass. Really fun fight. Really enjoyed it. And that set up the next match. You know, the Good Brothers, uh, your favorite tag team against the Briscoes, my favorite tag team. Now, I was shocked. Uh, this match was really good. I mean, obviously. Now, they did bring up, it, like, we had just seen this match at the Multiverse of Matches. Totally forgot that. I I don't know why I forgot that. I was like, oh, yeah, we just saw this. Like, But it's Slammiversary. It's, you know, two of the greatest wrestling tag teams in history. Uh, did this match. Now, this was a good match. But didn't it feel like it was really fast and the ending was almost out of nowhere? It had to kind of be really fast, I feel, because, yes, we had the hardcore match, so we wanted to keep people hyped from this. So, yeah, we had the jump start. We had, like, Mark Brisk having the chair, and he tried to get people hyped, so he had the fucking Sabu spot, which was sick. We had all these really nice spots at the beginning, and it did have to end, like, quickly, I feel, because maybe they were kind of short on time or, like, having to be like, hey, we got to get going because the next spot for what we have still to go because we have still the Queen of the Mountain and all this stuff that's going to take more time. But I thought it was a great match, great win. Carl Anderson, the never open weight champion, and the TNA Tag Team Champions. We have two belts, Carl. He's the belt collector. He's better than Kenny right now. And what is what is that, running out of time? Is that still a thing, like when you're on Fight TV? Do you have to worry about, well, we got three hours allotted. So Because even the show, like the total runtime was only like 2.45. They had 15 minutes. They could have threw some something else in, like – is that still an issue for people? Like, I understand if you're dealing with like USA Network where or TNT, where it's like, well, put the women's match second to last. We'll just trim that. Uh, this is a pay per view. Fucking give me a full match. Let's go for it. Book four hours and give me three. And that could have been the case, and that's what I'm saying is like because it did feel fast and it did go out of nowhere. So maybe I'm just them giving them benefit of the doubt that maybe they did have to like cut a little bit for time. But I thought the match was perfect, and we still had like a good finish. Gun stun on fucking Jay, I believe it was, and Mark gets the magic killer. Well, and then and then after the match, we were greeted by America's most wanted. Chris Harris looked terrible. I was wondering if this was going to be like a like a wrestling thing. But, no, it wasn't. They just, James Storm, Chris Harris came out, and they wanted to say that Impact always gave them tag team wrestling. They always show love to tag teams, which I agreed with. I mean, when, when, when I was 
in 2005 and six when I was probably at the height of my TNA fandom. And on Raw, I was watching the Heartthrobs versus Rosie and Hurricane. And then you'd go over to TNA, and it's America's Most Wanted versus Triple X in a six-sides of steel cage. He's walking in a cage! Oh, my God! Yes, amazing matches were happening in TNA and the tag team division. It almost felt like tag team wrestling mattered. Well, when you would watch WWE, you were almost like... It was better when Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero were tag champs because at least you knew who those guys were. They weren't the dicks. You know, they weren't some of these random, the Gemini. They were these random ass tag teams that were just being brought up for, for whatever fucking reason. Kate, what was that? Uh, Idol Stevens and Casey James or whatever. Like, uh, wasn't that Aaron Rex? There's all these weird ass teams they would just kind of throw on the shows. Deuce and Domino. So, yes, I love tag team wrestling. TNA did a better job of it during that era. Uh, although the Bashams were sick, Gino. I don't care what you say. How come the they Bashams were better at TNA? How come the Bashams weren't brought up? How come Christy Hemme didn't show up with the Bashams? I don't know why she didn't show up with the Bashams. She did show up, which I thought was fucking exciting. But what I loved about the whole ANW reunion moment where we got all the tag teams was the little nod about the DUI history that Chris Harris has. So he had to be the designated driver with water. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. Everybody needs – well, and it also played into, like, the Jeff Hardy shit. Like, we definitely need, like, every, you know, everybody Everybody needs a designated driver. We don't need no Jeff Hardys out here. Uh, yes. Even though, again, Chris Harris actually does have DUI problems in his past. So it's like made sense if you know, you know. So we cannot if you know the situation. Well, he just looks terrible, Gino. I don't get he it. He is in bad shape, too. Yeah, what happened? Remember, he was remember uh, he was the one who was in the King of the Mountain match where it was like Chris Harris might be the TNA champion by comes impact next week. And it's like, oh. And Braden Walker happened. <laughs> Yeah, well, even him leaving TNA was like, why are you leaving? And But that rivalry they did have after AMW broke up, it did sort of the, – the momentum was definitely in favor of James Storm after the one-on-one matches. You kind of got to see, oh, the, the, the heel cowboy gimmick seems to be working, whereas the Wildcat doesn't really have a gimmick. He's not really – there's nothing there. They want him to be Shawn Michaels where they can just – they want him to be Shawn Michaels in 2008 where they can just kind of throw him out there and you guys know who he is. He's a babyface. You better like him. Uh, Which I do think, like, since we're bringing that up, like, their whole history, their feud, I still feel, because I could rewatch it any time, that this street fight, the last match they had, was probably the best street fight of almost all time. Just Harris and that, because, like, they had to make up for that shitty blindfold match, <laughs> and they fucking did. Shitty blindfold match? That was a great match. It was so bad. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. I like a nice blindfold match, right? We're trying to tell stories here. You like it. the blindfold match more than the street fight? Okay. Well, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you said the shitty blindfold match. Like, it, out of all the blindfold matches I've seen, top five blindfold matches, up there with Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, Rick Martel blindfold match. Now, but, does a one-sided blindfold match count as a blindfold match? Yeah, well, one guy had a blind eye. Come on. You, so then I would have to say the John Cena Defari one was even better than this. That was a good match. See, Gino, yes. there, there's good blind, dude, shitty blindfold. Listen, I'm Conrad. Listen to you. That's how Conrad says it. Uh, so then we had the video package with Don West. He's fighting John, uh, lymphoma. Oh my gosh, this is a GoFundMe. Uh, Tom Hannafin was crying. Matthew Raywalt was crying. And I remember at the time. Everybody, and not when I say everybody, I mean like your message boards, Gino. Uh, I loved Don West. I always liked Don West. I grew up watching WWE where we had Jim Ross being, you know, good God Almighty. Like you had the guy who was say, like with the ridiculous voice. I know it wasn't ridiculous after a while, but it always was 
he's so impressionable. You know, you, you, everybody could do a Jim Ross impression. And you'd have Jerry the King Lawler who had a silly voice. And there were these two silly voices. So then when you would watch TNA and they had this guy screaming. And it sounded like he was having a conniption. And it sounded like he was dying watching this show. And everything that was happening was the biggest deal. And I believed him. Like, he was so shocked that Loki did a dropkick. Like, it was, oh, and he just gets him right in the face. Like, just the way he would say certain moves and the way he would just talk about things that were happening in the ring. And they would cut to him and today, and he's drenched in sweat. He was so good at that job. And at the time, I think all the message boards were, I think even Meltzer was like, worst commentator of the year, Don West. He might have been. That's it. Like, they were so great together. And the best thing that I still remember to this day, and I probably will never forget, is like when Kurt Angle first showed up and we had that Olympic slam. Because I don't remember if I've ever seen this on a mainstream shit like Impact WWE, where the microphone actually fucking peaks. And like, dude, fucking breaks. You're like, you can't hear shit. Because, like, Mike today is just so fucked up by that Olympic fucking slam. It was great. Yeah, yeah, the Angle slam. Yes, you're right. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, yes, he was so good at that, at making you believe TNA, which was in front of 600 people. I thought it was like a way bigger deal. Like I remember even listening to Kevin and Danny when they would talk TNA and they would say like, it's in a shitty soundstage. I never knew that when Don West was commentating. Now when Taz was there and stopped and just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I kind of realized, oh, maybe this isn't like a big deal. Like this probably is a lot smaller than WWE, but when it was with Don West and Mike today and. They had, you know, Christy Hemi doing ring announcing. It really felt like there was a buzz about this this little, even though it was in somebody's garage, it felt like a pretty big garage. So then Christy Hemi shows up. And then uh, Scott Damore comes out with his Team Canada garb. And uh, Maria Canellis came out looking unbelievably roll-tied. I am not a Maria Canellis guy. You know this, Gino. Everyone knows this. I always wonder when people like people talk about the mid-2000s divas, diva era, and she's like everybody's favorite. I'm like, no, she's – no, Tori Wilson roll-tied. No, uh, anyone else. Stacey Keebler roll-tied. Uh, but Maria, oh, my gosh, finer with age. I had to rewind that part where she was crawling on all fours across the ring. Did you rewind it? I didn't rewind it, but I did like that they did make sure to zoom in on the ass, just like old school TNA being a little reference to the old school production value, what they wanted to show us. But what I do love is, like, again, Maria Canales is the only woman in WWE history to have won a championship while being pregnant. So, again, Maria Canales, all-time grace in WWE. Yeah, all-time, ever. And the way she was crawling, by the way, I mean, that's empowering. We were all shocked. I mean, I was sitting there with my jaw open, Gino. All right, married man here, drooling. It totally enthralled with wrestling because she's crawling across the ring. So great camera work, great production. Can't believe Scott Tamore was at ringside. Didn't even have to produce that. They just knew, oh, we got to get Maria. Oh, my gosh, we got to show Maria. Oh, we got to show Tracy. Like, they knew what we wanted to see. Uh, so we had a uh, – this was 10 guys, right? Yeah. 10-man tag. The Motor City Machine Guns voted the most impactful tag team. Did you vote, Gino, when they kept announcing like the results of these votes? I was like, wait. I, I did. Not sadly. I did notice it came in my feed a couple times. Like, you should vote for the impactful stuff. I'm like, I know the Impact fans will vote for the same people I did. And I'm glad they did. The Motor City Machine Guns being the tag team and someone special being the X Division and superstar of all time. Yes. Uh, so... Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, Frankie Kazarian, one half of uh, the bad influence, one half of – One third of ego. One third of ego, uh, one half, one third of SCU, uh, one, 
the guy from Velocity that one night I was watching. Nick Aldis, former NWA champion, former Magnus. And uh, Dixie Carter came out, Gino. Did you pop for Dixie? I popped. I popped for her old theme song, which I still fucking love. And I was like, she should have came out with Nick Aldis just to really bring up Dixieland, which would have been great because the National Treasure's biggest moment was Dixieland storyline. Well, and I forgot that Spud works for WWE because, yeah, I, I, I kind of was expecting him or EC3. Uh, there were several, like Tyrus. There was a lot of names going through my Rolodex of, like, who would be the fifth member of Team Impact? Who's an Impact original that's still doing something uh, and I really was going through like it, EC3 made a lot of sense to me for some reason. Uh, or Killer Cross was another name that I kind of had. I know he's not really an original, but neither is Davey Richards. So Davey Richards came out and uh, that was cool. I mean, because it automatically had the tie in of like him and Eddie Edwards, former tag team, uh, the Wolves, the American Wolves. It was fun to see them kind of on opposite ends. Eddie Edwards is terrible as a heel, though. It's so funny. Like he is not good at that. Uh, he's surrounded by Mike Bennett and Matt Taven and Vincent, who are really good at it. Like, they're just really good. Like, Vincent, I do not like. I saw him do a Russian leg sweep, and I was like, oh, maybe he's good at wrestling. I've never seen him do a move. Like, like he actually was, like, this was the best Vincent match I've ever watched. It was better than him fighting Mike Bennett in a police gym. Uh, so, yeah, or Matt Taven, what did I say? Yeah, so this was a 10-man, just single fall to a finish. PCO was in it, who you like, who, by the way, Wrestles in slow motion. It was one of when he was doing stuff. It was awful, but everyone else was working their asses off. This match on Impact last week was amazing. I won't let you talk shit about PCO. He we know PCO sucks. is one of the best that we have now. Yes, he wrestles slow motion because he's a monster. He's not human anymore. He could take so much punishment before you have to let him out. And something you brought up since Tracy Brooks was there with her Says son. Says Big Puppet Dump also, versus Wet the Shit Man Fart. <laughs> now, one thing that made me sad is that we had Earl Hebner there, and I'm like, are you really sure you want to be here, Earl? Because your brother died just recently, but it was nice to see Earl there. Yes, we need Earl there, Gino. We have to... We- you know, we have to celebrate life. Dave was a referee, too. Haven't you seen Saturday night's main event? So, yes, it was nice to have Earl Hebner there at ringside. It was a cool moment when he got in the ring and took off his his shirt, revealing that he's a referee. It was so fun. Brian Hebner was the original referee. The only way to move on is to move on, and that's what Earl was doing. Good for him. Cool to see him back as a referee. Really fun 10-man tag. I don't really like when matches like this are a single fall to a finish, but this was really good. I thought this was a really good match. Really, really enjoyed it. So uh, after this match, you know, I think this is kind of what you're referring to. Uh, we got we got to witness another former Impact star. Uh, is this because Vince is no longer in charge? How did AJ Styles get permission to, to record a cameo? I knew I lost Gino. I was even looking at him frozen. I was like, he's gone. There's no Gino there. Let's try and call him back, see what happens. Uh, or maybe he's just gone. Maybe we'll do solo ladies for the rest of this. Because that way I could give you my take on the boys' ass play. Because there was a lot of ass play. I don't want that to be undersold. How much ass play is in this show? Like, there was even a scene where this guy was like, what kind of punishment are we talking about? And she pulls out this gigantic glass dildo. And you would think, like, he would say, like, oh, no, I don't want that. Like, I don't want you to, to fuck me with, like, a big-ass glass dildo. And he goes, maybe I do need to be punished. Like, it was really fucking weird. Like, everybody on this show is so okay with gigantic things in their ass. So, it was very, very odd. Very, very odd. Um, but 
Yes, we got to see AJ Styles with nothing in his ass uh, pop up on the screen and let us know that he was voted the most impactful. He was voted the the X Division star, which I also thought was kind of weird. I was like, the X Division star? Like, he was a world. This guy's more than just the X Division guy. Give him a little more credit than that. Uh, but he was Mr. TNA for all those years. And I think, you know, Gino and I always joke, like, can you pinpoint when TNA ended? And it's, for me, clear as day, AJ Styles being allowed to go to walk away from TNA was like the death of TNA. How do you lose your John Cena? How do you lose your Hulk Hogan? Like, the one of the few guys that you built, like the guy who was there from day one, who you were able to make a world champion, and then you would kind of – let his career go down a little bit and go back up and go down and go up. You would always rely on him for, hey, we need a good main event. But AJ in it, he was their guy that they created. So it was always shocking that to me that he was allowed to leave. Like, why would you let AJ Styles go? So that was always really shocking that he was allowed to leave TNA uh, at any point. So, uh, yeah, I always thought that was weird. But he was there. He got to talk about, you know, being an impact and, how they changed the game. And like I said earlier, you know, they, they changed the game by having good wrestling. Like that was kind of a huge selling point for impact wrestling was like, you would watch raw or SmackDown and you know, you get like a one minute women's match. You get like a, a, a match with the heartthrobs in it. And then you'd go over to impact and you know, you're getting uh moonsault DDTs and stuff. And the X division, although just the cruiserweight division, uh, I do think that Jeff Jarrett, when he got to TNA and they did the X Division, it was because cruiserweight was a bad word in WCW. So they just kind of call it the X Division. It'll be different. It won't be cruiserweights, even though everyone who's in it is a cruiserweight. And uh, although when you look at it now, it's stupid because you can't explain the X Division. I think that's the only reason why they did it at that time. And uh, I don't know. I, I like it. I liked AJ Styles and TNA. Shocked that he was allowed to show up for this uh, little event here. He got to do his cameo, but it was good to see him there. So uh, the ne- the semi-main event, the match before the main event, I thought this was going to go on last. I like Eric Young and everything, but just having him as like the main event of the pay-per-view didn't seem to fit the vibe of Slammiversary. Now, I know it's the TNA or the Impact Wrestling World Championship, so it has to go last, but a lot of me was like, what? why are we doing that last? Like, Let's get these women on last. Uh, Tasha Steele's champion, the Baruqua badass, Chelsea Green, Deanna Parazzo, Jordan Grace versus Mia Yim. I called this with Sonic Gino. He wanted Deanna Parazzo to win. When you watch this match, Jordan Grace had to win this fucking thing. And the way they did it I thought was really clever. Um, having her qualify to hang the belt like last. She was the last person that was qualified to do so. So uh, I thought that was a good touch to this match. Like they could have just had her qualify immediately, um, but they didn't. Okay. So that was really good. I thought, I thought they did a good job at like, okay, who's going to win. We're going to have everyone else qualify. And then at the very, very end of the fucking match, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Jordan Grace win the damn thing. So they, they did it really well. So enjoyed that. And then Charlie, Charlie hostile in the chat. That was the best match on the card. I, I agree. It was really fun. Uh, I, I think the – and, I you know, I always say this with, like, the women's matches, but uh, let's see. Gino says he's back. Let's see. I think this was a good way to do a Queen of the Mountain match was you, you give, like, somebody like Jordan Grace who has been involved in, like, the digital media championship stuff 
And this is a good way for her to get a big victory. And they did it almost unexpectedly. Gino's back. Uh, there's some booze in the chat. There's some let's go Gino's. Gino sucks. Gino, your connection died. What happened? I don't know, man. This sometimes happens. My entire fucking modem just fucking disconnected, so I have to restart that, come back down here, reconnect everything, and it's back. Thanks. You are good. back. That's so good. The fan's back on, too. We can all hear it blowing nice and loud. Gino, you missed me uh, cover AJ Styles' appearance. Uh, but we're talking Queen of the Mountain. I thought this was going to go on last. Do you know why? Like, I know that the other match was for the World Heavyweight, like the Men's Championship. But, I don't know, this had a lot of star power, and it had the gimmick match. Uh, the main event was fantastic. Uh, you know, we got people in the chat saying Queen of the Mountain was match of the card. You can argue Josh Alexander was match of the card as well. But, what do you think? How, if you, like, was it booked properly, or are you putting Queen of the Mountain last? I feel this was booked properly. We have to have this big, exciting moment after our last match and our big moment of AJ Styles. They're like, okay, we got to keep the people hype. We're going to have the first ever Queen of the Mountain. Have Mickey James get involved so fucking much and annoy people to the point that you realize Mickey James is the worst part of this match. <laughs> but well, we got a good match. Again, I enjoyed the entire match until when it was more obvious that oh, Grace is going to win. But I was like, fine, Grace is winning. We're going to see where this goes. Grace deserves this title match. Big Mama Pump's got it. So, uh, I, so in the chat, I do agree. Tasha Steeles was not good in this match. Also, she was outclassed even in the entrances. Like, Mia Yim has this really fancy entrance. So, after she came out and then Tasha's, like, little rap song hit, I was like, oh, I forgot Tasha was even the champion. Like, her, she was ranked sixth in this match. Like, you had... Mia Yim, who everybody, you know, the, the new hot baby face everybody thinks is going to win. You have Deanna, the queen, who's always like one, you know, one episode of Impact away from being the champion. Jordan Grace, who's one of the top baby faces, who's recently digital media champion. Kind of been fighting not a lot on television, doing a lot of digital media stuff, which has been fine. Chelsea Green, who's, you know, obviously really popular right now and. And then, like, Mickey James is in this match. And then Tasha Steeles is sort of real. She's sixth banana in her own title defense. It was so obvious she wasn't going to win. I, I enjoyed the way they got her her, her pinfall. Um, but, yeah, there were several spots in this match where she just fucked it up. There was that weird moment where Mia Yim was on top of the cage and Chelsea Green turned around and saw her, but then turned back around and posed. And then turn around and eat the drop kick. Like she, it, you know, if it, in a perfect world, she turns around and gets kicked immediately. But she turned around and Yim wasn't ready. So there was just a lot of awkwardness in this match. But I do think it was one of the best matches on this card. Probably the best. Even Jordan Grace, who I don't really like, I like the way they had her win this match. And I would have to agree. Jordan Grace winning the match, I thought it, was, it made sense after the fact when I really got some time to realize, you know, she does deserve this. Jordan Grace is this big woman's champion, and we're going to see where this leads in the future. Hopefully with her face Deanna gets, we get a rematch of the best Iron Woman match of all time. And you said Mickey got too involved. Yeah, there was that part where she ran in the ring, but I kind of liked that because Savannah Evans was also just in the ring. So it kind of, like, if you're going to have an enforcer, that's what her job was supposed to be. You just don't like Mickey James. No, but it's not just that. The Savannah Evans part made sense, but then when Chelsea Green's about to win the match, all because Chelsea smacked the door in your face, you decided to get in the ring, cost her the chance, but then you throw the title to Mia Yim to help her win. Yeah, no. 
Fuck me. Fuck don't me. don't smash Mickey in the face. I think we all learned a valuable lesson. Like she was supposed to be the enforcer. Don't fucking attack her like that. Um, and yeah, Jordan Grace botched hanging the belt. You're supposed to clip it. We've all watched these matches before. She didn't clip it. The ladder wasn't underneath the belt. Also, she was kind of like reaching behind her to grab the the thing and do it, and it looked really like sketchy while she was doing it. And and she was obviously on a timer because there were people in the penalty box, so she had to like get the belt hung before they got out. Uh, they did it really cleverly. I, I love the way they did it. Like she's obviously going to win because Chelsea and Deanna went through the tables, and Tasha and Mia are in the penalty box, so they did it perfectly. She just wasn't in position to hang the belt correctly. So she just kind of held it over the thing, and they rang the bell. So even Hannafin again was like, "She did it!" Like, oh, that wasn't. She did it though. Trust us. We're writing it as we go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Thought it was a really good match. Um, and then Goldilocks showed up. Gino, what'd you think of Goldilocks? A lot of plastic there, huh? She's been. She's in a great shape right now. She's amazing. The best part about Goldilocks is the chain she had around her neck had her name on it just to help her remember that she is Goldilocks. The best fucking interviewer. The best rich girl character of all time. And uh, yeah, uh, Gail Kim was on the screen for a minute here. They let her talk about women's wrestling, and I, I agreed with a lot of what she said. Like when she went to TNA, she was kind of the. I know they had Tracy Brooks and they had other women there, but Gail was like a wrestler that left WWE to go wrestle in TNA. So first knockouts champion, obviously like her legacy is TNA. Like fuck, like what she doing? What did she do in WWE? I know she won the, the women's title in a battle Royal on her first night, but it wasn't like she ever did anything important in WWE. She eliminated herself from a battle Royal. Uh, yeah. Her legacy, as far as AMW's manager and as a knockouts champion and knockouts tag champion, she just ruled when she was in, uh, TNA. So uh, it was cool to see her. There probably could have been a better way to get her on this event. But, you know, by, by this point, they'd done the Don West stuff and they did Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, and Sting. We're getting close to the end. We got to get Gale on. This was a fun way to bring back Goldilocks and have Gale there as well. Didn't set anything up. I kind of thought somebody would attack her. Uh, like this whole show, I was waiting for people to get attacked. Uh, like even at the main event here, which someone does get attacked when the fucking pay per view goes off the air. What the fuck? Worried about time. Uh, but yeah, that was cool to see Gail Kim and Goldilocks. But then Gino, oh my gosh, can you believe it? Josh Alexander, Eric Young, Impact World Championship. Uh, they did a, they did a lot of moves of other guys. That was you know sometimes this was like Randy Orton and Edge, the greatest wrestling match ever. You got to hit all the high spots. You got to do a couple styles clashes. Got to do a, a best moonsault ever. We hit all of the big ones in this one. Uh, this was outstanding. I love Josh Alexander. Eric Young is very underrated. I always forget because in WWE they did really butcher the the legacy of Eric Young. I mean he was running around trying to become twenty four seven champion when he was in WWE. And I, I who I think it was Damo recently in an interview said like WFS says is Tim Duncan really top ten all time? Oh God, is he? That's a tough question, Gino. What are your thoughts on Tim Duncan? Is he even better than David Robinson? I'm piercing. I don't really know about these fake sports. I know about the real sports of pro rest that we should be discussing more of this fake shit that's all predetermined sports of basketball, football, all this shit's fake. I don't think Tim Duncan's top ten. I love Tim Duncan, but I don't think he's top 10. Are people saying that, Gino? That's outrageous. What message boards are you guys on where you're talking about that? Because I meet Larry Bird. That's one. Magic. 
I think Dirk's better than Tim Duncan. Um, oh, well, Kevin says he just watched a video. Yeah, he, he, did, he did beat Shaq and Kobe. He also had a pretty stacked roster. But, yeah, he was awesome. I mean, I don't know. It's tough. When I was a kid, I loved Tim Duncan and David Robinson. I mean, even though I was a Lakers fan. Because I liked big guys. I like Shaq, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. You're taller than 6'10". I'm loving these fucking guys. So, yes, outstanding stuff. Tim Duncan, by the way, uh, couldn't do the best moonsault ever like Josh Alexander. I was shocked to see that. Uh, this was a really fun match. W what are your thoughts on this one, Gino? I mean, it was a really fun match. We had Brian Hebner refereeing this. So we had Eric Young get a guitar spot for some reason. Referees, like, even though he couldn't see it, thanks to Valentine by the side. But after a shot, he couldn't see all the guitar randomly all over the place, especially around Josh Alexander. But he still counted the pinfall. Didn't count as a DQ. So that's fine. Good for Brian Hebner deciding that that was the part of Valor. And we also got the flag spot where he had Doring and Diener with his flag for Violet by Design and the Canadian flag with hockey stick because Josh Alexander is part of 2.0 Team Canada. It was great. What do you mean 2.0 Team Canada? Is that What does that mean? He's just a new generation of Team Canada because Scott DeMore had the Canadian flag with the hockey stick, so Josh Alexander had the same thing, the Canadian flag hockey stick, which Team Canada is all about. Yeah, well, isn't that every Canadian flag is on a hockey stick? I know they made that joke. I was like, that doesn't seem like they thought of that. Like, that's definitely a thing that exists everywhere in Canada. I watch a lot of hockey, Gino. I know these Canadians love that shit. They only have seven teams in the NHL, and they haven't won a Stanley Cup since the 92-93 season. But they fucking love that sport. And it's a sport everyone should love, and Team Canada is all about hockey and, and drinking and be the best tag team, be the best coach, Scott Demore, and him bringing in Josh Alexander to be the future of Impact. And now Josh having this amazing match with Eric Young. Eric tried to break apart the ring like he did during the contract sign to show the boards, but it turning back to bite him in the ass with the C4 spike. Impact loves that spot of cutting, a, cutting an apron or cutting the canvas up and showing the wood. And doing moves onto that wood. I remember that LAX match. What they call that? The Street Jungle match or whatever they called it. Uh, yeah, it was. that was a cool way to end it. You know, I, it wasn't supposed to be like a street fight. But, yeah, they were letting them go. They, <laughs> they really were going all in on just doing whatever moves they wanted. And were using hockey sticks and guitars and we're having a good time. And really fun match. And, yeah, Alexander gets the big win. He's the babyface champion. And the show goes off the air. I'm watching it like this is a big pay-per-view much like AEW tries to end it with like a Adam Cole or a Daniel Bryanson debut, I'm wondering who's like, what's the, how does this end? How does this setup impact? I'm waiting for Bobby Roode to come out. Like I'm just, what's about James Storm is coming back out or Abyss? Something is gonna happen to set something else up. And no, they just went for the, you know, the end of a WrestleMania with fireworks and shit. Like babyface champion holds up the belt. And the show just sort of ends. To you, one thing that I thought was, because Josh Alexander just won this belt from Moose in April, isn't uh, Rebellion too close to Slammiversary? Like, it's Slammiversary. Like, Josh Alexander won this belt, and this was really his, what, first title defense, really? Like, it just, it didn't really, it didn't strike me like, the, this is the biggest event of the year where the title can change hands. Eric Young felt like Kane, you know, it's just kind of, hey, we need the champion to get a win. Here comes Eric Young. I mean, with all the other titles switching hands, like that's what made it bigger. It's like Josh could lose. Josh could also do this. This could be a big change for Impact 20-year anniversary. Anything could happen. But Josh being able to pull this off, be the one champion who successfully retained it, I thought was made sense for what they were trying to go. 
I yeah, and I, I guess I didn't even notice like all the other titles changed hands, but uh, yeah, I, you know, and this being two months after Rebellion, it's not like Rebellion sets up Slammiversary. It's not like they have like a Royal Rumble or so, you, because even AEW they give three months between their pay per views. Having just w- one event in between Rebellion and this. And I don't even remember what the last event was. It wasn't against all odds. That's next. Wasn't it under siege or something like where Mia Yim showed up? So, you know, I'm I, this was a good pay-per-view. Don't get me wrong. And it was a fun celebration of impact. I like the theme of Slammiversary. Uh, but, yeah, the, as far as a first, t- like a big title defense for Alexander, I did not think he was going to lose this match. I did not think Eric Young was going to be like the champion leaving this. Uh, and I also thought something big would happen to kind of, whoa, I can't believe that, you know, so-and-so showed up and attacked. I can't believe Ace Austin and Bullet Club. I can't believe Will Ospreay came out and attacked Josh Alexander. Like, I just thought there was going to be a little bit more to get us to tune into Impact. But you're, but you had to tell me that, oh, well, no, after Impact or after Slammiversary went off the air, Violent by Design did attack josh alexander like why do you think they would save that for like twitter <laughs> it's because they realized just like AEW realized this we need to use social media and content it's all about content to get people to tune in so besides the pay-per-view that people probably did watch or they checked on social media hey what happened they want to all see if they do set up anything else for like the next show and they do it violent by design attacking Josh Alexander, but then all these impact guys coming to save Josh. But Scott DeMore setting and making it official that out against all it's Joe fucking Doring, the big Texan's gonna beat the fuck out of Josh Alexander again. But you can still have that that stuff happen and then put it on Twitter. Like there there's no reason why you would say because I'm watching this pay-per-view wondering what we're setting up, and then I have to find out on Twitter that oh well, you know, you know how you paid for Slammiversary? Well, some stuff happened for free on Twitter afterwards. Like what? Why didn't that just happen while I was watching what I paid for? Like that, that, that made me feel cheapened that I didn't, the only people that got to see that were there live. And then the folks on Twitter got to see it. And we all knew it was going to happen anyway. Like I'm watching this show. Like somebody's going to attack Josh Alexander. Somebody's going to attack Josh Alexander. Uh, but you were saying that he gets attacked by violent by design. And then the TNA originals saved him. Is that what happened? Yeah, we had a lot of TNA guys showing up to save him from the Violent by Design attack. And then we get a backstage set with Scott DeMorris talking to like, you, why the fuck you do this? You know you lost fair. Why are you attacking him? And he's like, it's because Joe Doring beat this guy's champion. He deserves a title shot. Scott DeMorris realized, you know what? You're right. Joe Doring gets a title opportunity. Yeah, again, not thinking Joe Doring is ever going to be the Impact champion. It's kind of, I know this is the logical place to go, uh, but... Impact should be getting ready for what's like, who is the next like heel or babyface to be the champion? Like we have Sammy Callahan. I think that's kind of where they're going to get to eventually. Maybe, maybe that'll be the, maybe we're going to do a six month bound for glory series and that's what we're going to build towards. But yeah, what, I don't know. Joe Doring doesn't strike me as a potential impact wrestling world champion. Uh, but Gino, before we go two more things, uh, let's let's go back to real wrestling, WWE, really quick. Um, a lot of people were shocked, people that were there live during the main event tapings. Uh, looks like Judgment Day has been relegated, is the word that I kept seeing, for, for WWE main event. They and Now, what I love is I see the shots, okay? I see Finn Balor and Damian Priest are on main event. But who they're fighting is also like, whoa, why is this all on main event? 
Dominic and Rey Mysterio are also on main event. People are only shocked to see Judgment Day. I'm shocked that Rey Mysterio is on main event. Uh, there was a title change on main event. Now, is this like? Do you look at this as like a like a relegation or the what this reminded me of is when Jinder Mahal returned with Shanky and Veer, and every once in a while they have these episodes of main event that have unique stuff on them that kind of goes viral on social media like you were saying to make us watch main event like i don't watch main event i might watch it if you tell me oh yeah the mysterios are fighting judgment day and especially if you have like banger matches like t-bar versus ali which i thought was fucking exciting match but then we had <laughs> reggie also get involved in the match with ali which kind of sucked but t-bar is the real main event star there in main event that makes me want to watch i don't think he's on this episode i i think we we know that we get a new uh a new 24 7 champion is crowned on this episode of main event not gonna say who no spoilers but that was all I was thinking was like, maybe they want us to watch this main event. Like everybody's upset. Like, oh, Finn Balor's way better. Finn Balor's way better than, than main event. It's like, well, hold on. Maybe putting him on main event and putting him and Damian Priest and then against Ray and Dominic, maybe they're just trying to get us to watch main event. Like I, I used to watch main event. You and I, there was an era, I think it was during the pandemic where, yeah, I watched main event. I watched 205 Live. Uh, and main event was, you know, you'd watch the opening match fast Says forward. Scott Taylor vs. Savio Vega was insane. That's definitely like a Gino take. Like a Scott, yeah, like those matches that kind of suck. Gino's like, oh, it was an amazing. T bar was amazing. Like, no, no one's ever said that, Gino. I don't know if you're real. Where's Dio Madden? Is he still employed? Well, here's the thing we're waiting. We're, she seemed to be fucking slowly waiting on this moment where Dio Madden Mace is going to be one of the male models for ma maximum male models. We already know this because we saw the dark segment, which was taped and shown on YouTube of Mace joining night model management. So he is going to be part of maximum male models with Max Dupree once they're ready. Max Dupree sucks too. What is that name? Why don't they just give him, why can't he be Eli Drake? We know who he is. I'm hoping, now I've, I was talking about this at work with somebody, someone who pretends they don't watch wrestling. I was saying, I hope that with Stephanie being the new CEO, or at least the interim CEO, we have Triple H involved a little bit. And maybe some of this like black and gold NXT stuff kind of gets to the main roster. Maybe we get a Dominic Dajakovic, and maybe we drop some of the silly bullshit that happens to the NXT talent when they get to the main roster. Maybe Ciampa doesn't just beat people up and then never... Like, what? So there, there's... I have hope. I actually am excited to see like what a new visionary at the wheel has for WWE. But then when Vince comes out on SmackDown and Raw, I'm wondering, is he even stepping down? Like, what does stepping down mean? What if what if him stepping down just means he's now in charge of creative? And that's the thing. He's probably still involved. He probably talks to Stephanie and be like, well, okay, this is what you should do. Stephanie probably takes his stuff under advisement. Even if he's not part of the board, he just, she has secret meetings with Vince. Be like, okay, what should we do? Especially because Bruce is also part of talent relations. Like, this is just Vince. Still. Vince is still has his fingers in the pots that he's not supposed to. Is Bruce talent relations or is he producer? I thought he was like an executive producer. Because we got Johnny Ace out of there for town relations for right now, he's just temporary leave of absence. So now instead, take his place as Bruce. So the other Vince guy is in charge. Well, and I'm so confused because I actually did listen to a recent some someone to wrestle with, and I still like Bruce Pritchard. And I I don't know why. Like since him returning to WWE, it sucked. I mean, it's been it hasn't been like a, even Brock Lesnar coming out on SmackDown. 
Like, just I know Randy Orton's hurt, but they just keep kind of giving me the same. Like, I love pizza, but if I have pizza every fucking like day, I kind of get burned out on it. And Brock Lesnar Roman is a huge deal. Is it anymore? Like, didn't we burn that when they advertised? There's only been a couple rob. Jr. was there. There's only been a couple robberies in history that have main evented three WrestleManias. That is the severity of this match here tonight. Like, so I thought we were done. Like when when Roman won that, it was like, oh wow, okay, Roman beat. He slayed the beast, and then him saying, "There's no one left." You're kind of anticipating somebody that we haven't seen before. But, no, it's somebody that we've seen lose to Roman, uh, I guess, just twice now, right? And actually, hasn't been that many times that Roman's beaten Brock. Yeah, Brock. they've only had a total of 11 matches, but they've both been in the ring together. Wait, what do you mean? They, they've wrestled each other 11 times? Is that true? They've had matches involving either of them, whether it be like Battle Royal, Royal Rumble, matches involving the two of them. Okay, okay. don't give me a stat like that. How many times have they wrestled each other? WrestleMania 31, WrestleMania 34, and then this most recent WrestleMania, they had a crown jewel match. Uh, but I remember, so the first one, Rollins messed up. He, he cashed in. The second one... Uh, Brock won. Brock won at that WrestleMania to keep the belt. Uh, didn't Roman beat him for the belt, though, in like a triple threat or some shit? But it wasn't a one-on-one. There's so many fucking matches. That's again, when I look at the sex, I do look at cage matches for this type of shit. And I'm just like, 11 matches these two have been a part of. We get to do this again. And it's going to be at SummerSlam, but we already know in September that Drew is facing Roman, so it doesn't fucking matter. Wait, how do we, we know that? Roman. How do you know that? Because weeks ago, Drew said he wants to face Roman at Clash in the Castle, which is going to happen. We already know this because of the poster with Drew with the sword. You see Roman in the back. You see the two stars are going to be there at Clash at the Castle. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Drew McIntyre, Clash at the Castle. Is that what you just called it? Yes, it is going to be in September 3rd in uh, Scotland. I think Wales. Wales is going to be. It's a okay. big event. They're happening in Europe, and it's going to be Roman versus Drew. It seems to be because Drew mentions on SmackDown a couple weeks ago when he returned that he wants to slay the big dog. Was it SmackDown? Because I'm reading here with some bullshit podcast. You know, I'm always worried because you listen to a lot of stuff. So sometimes when someone says something on Renee Paquette, you assume it's all kayfabe. Uh, so wanting a significant part in the card, it seems like a dream situation. It's something I've talked about, as I'm sure you know, for years now and ranting and raving about it happening. Uh, it got to a point where I was in, uh, indicated to me that something may be happening because something may be getting talked about. I kept doing my thing and shooting about it. And then eventually you get a chance to meet people directly involved, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck? This has nothing to do with what I thought. It's so, all about Wales, the big event we're finally going to have in Europe. That's what that's about. Okay, but yeah, Cardiff Wales on September 3rd. He wants to have a, a significant part. When does he sit? So he said it on SmackDown? I don't He see said that. it on his like return match. It was like after the match that he had with the New Day when he was the third guy against the brawling brutes. He had a promo where he said, I want to face the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion at Clash of the Castle. 
I don't know, Gino. I think you might be looking too too much into this. I don't, I don't he literally know. said this on SmackDown, so it could be in a promo package in September for this match. All right, let's pull up the clip because it's like when you when I Google it, it doesn't come up. Like, are you sure that happened? There was a promo. I'll try to find it on SmackDown. Not even important. I think you're making it up. Send it to me privately on Discord. I'm sure you'll find it eventually at some point tonight. Because, Gino, it's almost time to write off, but you really wanted to talk about the boys. Now, I know Geezy also is going to catch up on the boys. But let's pretend that that's not going to happen next week. Uh, so the boys is happening, Gino. You want this is our wrestling podcast, and you want to talk about the boys. So what's up? Again, we could discuss the boys, but something I do feel we should also discuss, which we will hopefully. Is Gino, just I'm driving, in. and it's 11:35. So go okay, ahead. It's 11:35. Okay, yes, the boys. It's up to you. You said you wanted to ask them. You had a serious question. You wanted to ask me about the boys. So what do you want to do? What is up with all the ass play? Now I just watched episode. Five, there's anal beads that are like this big, and for podcasters, they're like like golf balls. And she's like on this webcam, and Seth Rogen's jerking off, and uh, she's like putting the ass beads like towards her butt. And I'm like, this show is obsessed with ass play. So, Gino, what are your thoughts? Is ass play this commonplace? What's happening? I think it's because like a lot of people feel that that's a common king, just like feet seem to be a common king for people. So they're like, okay, this doesn't feel like it's too weird, especially with us seeing some of the graphic stuff, especially the very first episode where a guy goes into a guy's dick and urethra just fucking explodes him from the inside. So like it's all about like the insides of a person's lower half being possibly expanded and destroyed. We talked to like Nina and Frenchie talked about fucking each other in the ass. Like Gino, I don't know. Like you're saying, ass play kink is common. Like the circles you run in, I know you're in other discords that you don't like to tell us about. Is there like an ass play discord that you're heavily involved in? There's stuff I could easily find, man. When you're online, you just look up even people's fucking fashion stuff on like fucking Pornhub or any website like that. You could see like ass, like one of the big things. So of course it's obvious. Everyone talks about it. Everyone presents this. Everyone gets turned on by this for some weird, suspicious reason. Gino, I've been trying to cut out porn for my entire life. I probably watched porn two times this year. Like I really have done. Like I struggle with it. It's a real problem. Like I try and not watch this stuff. Uh, are you saying it's commonplace? Are you saying that everybody's on Pornhub every day looking up asses? And I feel that seems to be the case. A lot of people seem to be very interested in asses. Again, we know about Tyler Spider having his fucking vexation and only being turned on by asses of women. So, again, who knows about if he's just a commonplace person, but he's one of the few people that just always talks about asses. So it seems like that's just a general thing that you just talk about for whatever reason. Well, so, but you're the one saying you go on Pornhub and find asses. Like, I, like you said that. Like, you, you said it in second person. Like, you were talking to me like I did that. And I don't. So, I'm wondering, Gino, is this like, so for you is ass play like normal. You just see it everywhere. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you go on, you also lied to us. You said you never touch. What, do you go on Pornhub for the articles or what? When I go into Pornhub, it's all about because I want to find people that do the whole meme shit on Pornhub because there's all people that have, like, the weird, like, very suspicious titles where you think it's all about porn, but it's just really nice, like, homely little things about, like, a guy just cooking a duck or anything like that. Just all about, like, these weird meta, like, meme-like content. That's what I'm all about. But when I do go on there and I just see, oh, all these videos with all these tags, and it's just very... A lot of them are like asses. Like the most of them, it seems sometimes are just like asses have like so many fucking tag posts. This is the, the strangest thing you've ever said. Like you're on here talking about like, oh yeah, you see ass and you see all these things. 
And then you're like, well, I just watch guys cook ducks on there, though. Like, why do you have to go on there? Why can't you go on YouTube and watch some guy cook a duck? Like, why? Cool about memes. I like the memes. And you look at the comment section where people just keep on with the memes about how this content turns them on. But again, it's all about just all meme content. So you, you read. So this is like this is the new version of I read Playboy for the articles. You go on a Pornhub and you just try and find video. You wade through all the sex videos. <laughs> You get through, oh my gosh, there's so many sex videos. Gino, don't you think Pornhub's just like an evil site? Don't Says you... I watched the new Dragon Ball movie on Pornhub. Also, Ryan Creamer is hilarious. Maybe that's a thing. Ricardio knows. Ricardio would know that stuff. I don't... See, Ryan knows Ryan Creamer. That's the thing. He's one of the guys that does that. Just it's all meme content on Pornhub that he does. Why? But why? He has he... all these very sus titles being like, oh, he's fucking his wife. But it's really something else. Great. All right, Gino, you've gone too far. Now, now I know you... <laughs> I was very sad. You messaged me. I, I I forget when it was. I didn't write you back because I actually felt really Says Gino, bad. you're looking up ass and feet. Stop lying. Gino, it's okay if you are. The mana is real. Is always important to check out. We always need to look up wiki feet. Goddamn. You need to be up to date on people who have the really popular wiki feet. Especially my boy Moist Critical almost up there. The five stars. Wait, what's wiki? That's the feet website, right? The like celebrity feet? They all celebrity feet, yes. Why are, so you, so you're on that a lot? I check that occasion just to see where like some celebrities are ranked because some people are very sus. Like Day DeVito almost has five stars. Thanks to the memes where Day DeVito should be a five star celebrity. <laughs> you are so weird, dude. And then, so this is why I was so sad the other day because now here you are talking about. I look up memes on Pornhub. Do you know if you worked, if you did more things, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have time to look up. You'd watch anime and wrestling and then go, I don't have time for anything else. You have too much time if you're watching memes on Pornhub, Gino. I worry about you now. I think me and Nathan need to come and save you. We gotta, we gotta shave you. We gotta get you that geezy head shaver, and we gotta find you some sort of job. This isn't normal. Like, I watch, I watch. You watch a guy cook a duck on Pornhub and told me that seriously. Yeah, that's the whole point, man. That's like the internet is all about memes right now. It's 2022. They're all about meme culture and meme content. Who? No, you're about that. And you're like, the internet. Like, these aren't healthy people, Gino. We got to get you out of the internet. You talk about the internet like it's a place. Like, no, it's, it's, you have to get off of it. Have you looked for a job? Has there been any interest in finding something like real? Currently, at this moment in time, sadly, no. I've just been in kind of a, a moment of depression. So, like, maybe that's also why I do look at the memes just for that moment of serotonin and fun and entertainment at the moment but hopefully but it, soon i'll be out of this front you're chasing a temporary high by watching porn and jerking off to guy cooking duck like and that's what i've been telling you is like ah gino like i know you're depressed but the more you sit there and be depressed the more you sit there and be depressed like you haven't like, you know what's better than watching a guy cook a duck is cooking a duck in real life or uh, you know, you know what's better than watching ass porn is making your own ass porn. Like you could be doing some things, but you're just living like temporarily through these videos and these snippets and these memes. Like I do get like I when you messaged me that like, you watched like all three episodes of the boys like immediately. I was like, Gino, like you gotta have something more in your life than like my show's on TV. Put it on. Like, my aunt watched TV forever, didn't have a social life, and she got dementia. Like, I worry that your brain is just so consumed by digital media. You got to get out and do something. And that's my plan. It's like, I eventually will. But, yes, it's just, again, I need to plans get out of don't have here. Plans don't start with eventually. Like, no, you, you got to plan it. Plan it. 
And I will. That's the thing. I'm going to plan my life out and actually do better, get to a better place in life eventually. Have you reached out to any wrestling people? Like, hey, I want to ring announce, or hey, I want to do this. Like, have you have you thought about what you can do to earn money? Like, don't you don't you want more money? Malachi Black like says, a, "What are we planning?" Yeah, we're planning Gina or Nathan. We are planning Gino's future because he's watching meme porn. Like, that's that's when you have way too much free time. Like. When you message me like, this is a good anime, this is a good anime, this is a good this, this is a good this, and you watch this. And it's like, you know, I did not watch any of that shit. Like, I'm busy. Like, there's stuff to do. I Like, I'm outside. There's lots of things happening, and I worry that you're, like, we, we've been talking to each other for over a year. And you're, in the, you're doing the same thing <laughs> that you were doing a year ago. Yeah, I'm still stuck in this predicament. Like, yeah, there was, like, a moment where I had a job, and then I lost. That's a, that really got to me. But yeah, years passed, so like I've just been here. But I'll hopefully get out of this place. That's it. I'll get in a better state of mind, state of being, state of who I truly am. Who are you, Gino? You gotta be you gotta figure that out too, because you're right now you're just computer guy. Like you really are guy who lives on the internet, watches wrestling, watches anime, watches meme porn. Can't believe you said that like all seriously. Like I, I talked about how ass play is like taboo on the boys, and you're like, no, it's common, dude. I see it everywhere. Like, I log into that Pornhub, man. They talk about ass play everywhere I go. It's like, no, Gino, I've been on Pornhub like twice this year. Like, I'm serious. Like, I was telling Kevin what it does to your brain and how you fall down the rabbit hole of you start off by watching, like, a woman give a blowjob on LimeWire. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. And then years go by and suddenly you're watching, yeah, like a dude fuck 39 women in one hour. And you're like, wow, I can't believe I watched that. And it just, your brain gets more and more, like, deteriorated to the point where you're watching ducks like it should be like you should that, that it shouldn't be normal to just go to Pornhub but you live in the world on this internet where yeah I go to Pornhub all the time to watch videos that's the whole thing it's all about internet culture that's what I seem to be about what I seem to be part of this internet society this internet social construct that we're but it's creating. not real Especially it's the internet meta. meta is real now goddamn metaverse are you in the metaverse Eventually, I will. You know, people work in there, too. Like, the people... I, I watched a Wall Street Journal video where she went to meetings. She had a normal work day in the metaverse. And that's what I might do. That's one thing I could look into, because that could be something I just do from home. I can actually get work and actually pay. get paid eventually. What do you mean, look into it? Let's. What are you doing tonight? Let's look into it now. You, you wanted to talk more about wrestling and stuff. Let's go to... Let's find Wall Street Journal careers, see what they're looking for, or maybe you need to get a degree in journalism to be able to even apply for some of these jobs. You could be doing so much. You know, the internet is a place where you can learn and grow, but I'm worried that you're watching duck porn. That could be the case. That's what I do need to look into is like what I can do, what I can do with like what I have, which is just a high school education, not a diploma. And like a diploma, but not like anything in college because I dropped out in my first semester. So we got to see what I can do and even go into like a trade school if I absolutely need to. How much? And, and that was like ten years ago, right? Like you went to that was a long time ago, Gino. Like this, we've been just spinning wheels. I know you moved to Missouri or something, and that didn't work out. But ever since then, it's just been like hermit, hermit, Gino. I'm worried. You shouldn't be able to watch all the TV, right? There should be a limit where you're like, oh, remember when you were so excited to tell me about the new Dexter? It's like Gino, no one's watching that. You were like, it's really good. It's like Gino. No one has time to watch New Dexter. We have a million other things we need to get to, okay? We haven't even watched MLW in weeks. We're not going to watch Dexter. 
I mean, I actually did watch MLW this week, but I'm caught up. I'm ready for Battle Riot. Battle Riot's going to be sick, dude. Who you picking? I, that's the thing with all the people that are being nuts, and maybe Hammerstone will be the obvious one to have it be a two-time, but I don't know yet. I'm thinking Killer Cross. I think he's like the next big star. And did you see the graphic they put up for like Enzo versus uh, Jacob Fatu? Did you see the graphic? They they made Enzo look just as big. I was like, ah, okay. Like, we need to sell David versus Goliath. We don't want to have uh, Rikishi versus Rikishi. We're trying to make this a little bit more of a different. I want, to, I want a clash of styles. I thought that's what MLW Fusion was all about, Gino. It was, but that's thing. A real one has the star power, which makes him twice as big as he really is. So he's at that level thanks to his star power alone. It's going to be a sick show. I'm thinking Enzo might win this battle, right? He's on the cover of their website. Do you and he probably could win it just like I'm looking face. forward to this amazing dynamite tomorrow. It's Thank you, run. Alex Zoo 20K. That 20, that's 20K followers that he's about to bring to us, Gino. So, Gino, I think we covered it all. I, we really did. It's almost midnight here in Dallas. We found out that Duck po Like, you wanted to talk about the boys, and all I figured out was you were, like, so normal – You've normalized watching non-porn videos on Pornhub, and you were like excited to tell me that. Like, what else about the boys? Are you like uh, Queen Maeve? She just got kidnapped. Spoilers. What, what do you think's going on there? That's where we get to look forward to it. Hopefully, this Friday we're gonna see that because we're gonna be able to discuss that with Geezy next week. Which I remember. Really I remember now when you messaged me your theory about when they went to that like adoption home, and you like really like I'm rewatching this, and I remember this, and I was like, Gino, you gotta get a job, dude. Like I know you're talking about internet culture, and it's important. You shouldn't be able to rewatch the boys like that quickly. Like it's really, come on. And I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm trying to bring you up. But it makes me sad thinking about it sometimes. So, Gino, we did it. We did Vleeties. What an amazing time tonight. Using your word, amazing. Uh, this was fantastic. Uh, we talked all about Slammiversary. Honestly, can we throw this out there? Best pay-per-view of the year? Any company? Slammiversary? I, mean, I would have to say right now, 2022, that was the best pay-per-view of the year. But I'm looking forward to Forbidden Door, man. Ishii was officially a part of the Fatal 4-Way. And we're going to see who else, who the last member is going to be for the All-Atlantic Championship tomorrow, which I'm really excited which about. One's, which one's Ishii? Isn't he the Pitbull one? Stone Pitbull, yeah. The man with no neck. He's a fucking exciting dude. We're going to see, hopefully, because it most likely makes more sense for it to be Aleister Black. Malachi Black and not Penta because CMLL is what New Japan kind of has a work relation with, not Triple A. So Penta is not going to win this match. Fuck. Penta should win more, Gino. Penta needs to do some porn videos, uh, non porn videos on Pornhub. That'll get him over. Should we be putting the TWFS videos on Pornhub? Is that what you're saying? Should we title them like Jeff Hardy blows a dude in a car and then it's he does a drunk uh, DUI test? And it's something like that. That's thing you could do that you could be really popular on Pornhub. That's what it's all about. Man, people go on to Pornhub, get yourself verified, and be popular. Gino, they shouldn't be doing that, okay? They should be contributing to society in a positive way. Porn is bad for you. Look at what it does to your brain. Look what it does. It's just not good. You, you, have that, you have this thing in your brain from a young age where you want to see women naked, and you have to earn it. Suddenly, the Internet allows you to just get it whenever you want. So it totally devalues seeing a woman naked. Gino, if you don't see women naked all the time, suddenly you see one naked and you're like, oh my God, this is exciting. My brain knows what Malachi to do. Malachi Black says, let's find Gino a job right now. Gino, you want a job right now? What should we do? So you said you only have a high school diploma, right? Currently, that's all my high school, my education is. But man, I'm so fucking tired, just like you are. So I might be going to sleep very soon. Well, we got a couple more minutes. Let me just do a quick uh, 
Dude, NSA police jobs. Can you, you can do. You want to be a police officer? I don't think a police officer would be a good idea, especially like with how society is. I I don't feel like being in the force. You've never been good. in society. You've been on the internet for ten years. You don't know what it's like out there. Uh, entry level remote work jobs in Georgia. Georgia. Every time I hear that sweet song, document review analyst, twenty dollars an hour. KL Discovery. 3.6 rating, proficient in use of modern technology. That sounds like Sonic Geno. Remote work from home office equipment, whatever that means. Um, <clears throat> $20 an hour, Gino, that's a pretty sweet deal. What, do you have your resume all, all tallied up? I do have my resume, but I don't have my fucking cover there. I've never do you even need? Do you even need a resume? What do you? What do you work Walgreens and Chipotle? You don't need a resume. It was put. You went to high school and you've been a freelance uh, podcaster for the past ten years. Um, one of the largest nations e-discovery providers is currently seeking law students. Okay, not you. Um, don't worry, you know we're gonna find a different one. That was a good. That was a good start, though. You just did you study law in your semester? I never studied law, sadly. What did you I study? Psychology. Psychology was the only class that I passed in for that one semester I went into. Gino, but you don't know anything about psychology. So it didn't work, right? You were like, psychology is me watching porn videos and then watching so much porn that now I watch meme porn videos. No, when I actually went to college for that one semester, the only class I actually cared about and I tried to really do well and I did do well was psychology. Nothing else mattered to me. But Gino, I'm talking like psychology wise. Do you think it's stuck? Do you know how the, do you know how the human brain works? Like, do you see your brain working? And I understand, like, especially like what we were discussing and what you know, some people were presenting during our presentations we were doing was the whole use of, like, colors and advertisements. So I understand, like, just the whole use of why some places like McDonald's use red and some places use blue and why that actually connects to our idea of hunger and who we are as people. And, like, the whole thing is, like, I enjoyed psychology and I realized afterwards I should have also learned sociology because that's something else that I'm really interested in is the whole idea of the group instead of the one individual. You know, I worry about you sometimes, man. You're talking about psychology and the colors of McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King's logos, but you, you're, you've been at home for 10 years. I, I try and get into your psyche. I try and understand you. That's why I, when we started talking, I always tell people, he's just, you, he fascinates me. Like, that would always be my, my reason to, like, why do you have Gino on? I would say he fascinates me. He's a very fascinating mind. He lives at home. He doesn't have that driver, that ambition, like to go out and experience the real world. He's comfy with being in in the dungeon and just being on a computer all day. I'm worried. Like sometimes, if I lay around too much, like when I had COVID, uh, by like day five, my back hurt from laying down so much. So I worry. Like, are you always in pain? Like, I just do. You think it's normal to be in pain? Like, there's so many things that I worry. Like, I try and get into your brain. So as when I hear that you really enjoyed your psychology class, it's like, you know, I mean, I've seen analyze this and analyze that. I think we need to do that with you. You can do that to yourself and realize something's going on. Something's going wrong up there. And that's true. Like that's like I could, and I've tried like to really figure out who I am, the person who really is Gino. When I really try to peel back everything from like who I believe I am, because the stories I tell, because the past experiences, does that make who I am, or does it just make the character I feel I am? Especially knowing that I am technically a 
thousand me's because each person I meet, every person I talk to in any way, shape, or form that sees me, that's another version of me that's out there, another character of myself that's out there. So really, who is Gino is something I still question. Sometimes I try to find out who deep down the person I am is. Gino, when you say there's a thousands of there's a thousand yous, none of us think that. We all know you. Like we know we know you. Like it's we need you to go out and, and live life while you're considering like who I am or what's my purpose. You're not solving those riddles. You do need to go out there and do it. You got to have communication with people in person. Like I was let's talk about me being fascinated by you. What's your stepdad do for a living? I don't really know. We don't talk about it. I was what? Like, how do you not know? Like, that's just, that's an easy, simple human interaction where you could be getting, like, remember you rode the Uber to the wrestling event. No, I didn't want to talk to the guy. He's just working. It's like, well, he's working, but maybe a nice conversation will make his day go by a little faster. Like, you just automatically assume he's just doing a job. He doesn't want to talk to me. Like, again, you, like, you studied psychology and you have these interactions and I'm just, you fascinate me the way that your brain works and it, and you talk about your past experiences the only real like past experiences that like i've heard of is like the the moving to missouri and it didn't work out you didn't get the job and then your friends got mad at you like that's one thing that happened the walgreens thing chipotle like there's enough there's only a, a smith like a, a smattering of events where it's like okay there's you know there's a year worth of stuff in these stories what happened all the other years so that's what I think me and all of the TWFS sites out there. That's why we love hearing you, like how your brain works. That's why that's why Nathan just tries to figure out like how how did we get here? How did this happen? What like how, like what do we do to help Gino? And me looking at jobs for remote work in Georgia did not work. This one might be fifteen dollars an hour. Would you do that? And I would, but it depends like what I find actually could be able to do it with my limitations. Because also what I noticed is some jobs when I looked at remote stuff is they need an actual like wired like Ethernet connection, which I sadly cannot do. I have to have Wi-Fi. Gino, see, and you you love to do that, and I don't know if you know that you do that, but whenever I give you a next step, you immediately have an excuse. Like instead of saying, "Well, I got to order a hundred foot Ethernet cable to be able to plug directly into the to the router," you just automatically go, "Well, I can't do that." Like you're just you already were so ready to not get this job at OSC Insurance Services in Kennesaw. Now don't worry, you know it's remote work. It is full time though, so we need you to start. Must be able to start July 5th, so that's the day after the 4th of July. This position is remote, but some training will take place in Kennesaw. So get your stepdad to give you a ride. Um, OSC is a leading provider of compliance-driven tracking technology and insurance products. Malachi Black says they can supply the cord for Eugenio. Services for lenders, mortgage servicers, and property investors, coupled with advanced call centers, document processing, and program capabilities. That sounds good. So what you'll do, Gino, as the customer service rep, is you'll assist customer complaints, orders, errors, account questions, billing, cancellations, and other queries. Uh, this position must uphold the quality control standards of service to ensure customer satisfaction is achieved. Qualifications. This is where this is where Gino, you're in, dude. High school diploma or GED required. One year of customer service, Chipotle, Walgreens, customer service. This is an entry-level position focused on learning workflows, processes, and procedures. Gino, I'm going to send you this link. 
Alright, I'll look into this for damn sure and like see if my first self if I can. Especially like the whole going to that location, I'll need to see how far it is, if I can easily get there. Don't think of excuses. Think of like I'm gonna do this. Like visualize it and make it happen. Have you ever seen Pain and Gain with The Rock? He's a wrestler. Right, he is a wrestler and he's like one of the biggest wrestlers X seven by productions. One of the best movie productions of all time. So in that movie though, in in the um in the Pain and Gain movie Mark Wahlberg, not a wrestler, but he's been involved. You know, did you hear about AJ Styles and the Undertaker? Like that stuff. Uh, Mark Wahlberg says he goes to that Johnny Woo training, and he says, like Johnny Woo goes, are you a doer or are you a donter? And, Gino, all I'm hearing from you right now is a donter. You just don't want to do it. I want you to be a doer. Say it with me. I'm a doer. I could be a doer. No, no, say I'm a doer. I might be a doer. Gino, say the words verbatim. Don't be difficult. Say, I'm a doer. One day I am a doer. No, don't add any other words. Say the exact words. Say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Yes, Gino. Fuck yeah, bro. This has been Vleeties, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously our last show ever because Gino's going to be so busy with work next week. We're not even going to be able to do anything. He's going to be here. It's going to be fantastic. Gino, I'm glad that we solved all of the problems of the world tonight. We wanted to talk about the boys. And then once we got to that part in my notes, I was like, what are we supposed to talk about? Like, I just didn't, I I wasn't ready for like a rundown. So maybe next week we'll do like season three halfway point review. Vleeties, Gino and Geezy. That'll be our new podcast. We'll, We'll call it the boys cast. And we'll just only talk about the boys. We'll get into the projects that the other that the directors are getting into next. Gino, this is going to be exciting stuff. Are you? You're pumped, right? You're pumped. You're pumped. You got it. I am pumped. I'm pumped for us to discuss this. We can look into who the directors and writers were for each episode to see how different it all was to contrast the styles of where we were going for for this story and to see where it's going to continue. Especially now that we were confirmed earlier this week or last week that there is going to be another season, which is perfect. I'm just excited for more of the boys. Yes. Oh my God. Gosh, it's going to be fantastic, Gino. We're going to be able to that, see you're you're in it now. We're going to be able to uh, we're going to be able to just talk about that. And you know what? You know what? When when you at like, hey, you want to do a podcast about the boys? I didn't say I might be able to do that or maybe I'll do that. I'm a doer, Gino. You're a doer, right? Say it again. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Yeah, Gino. We're going to fucking talk about the boys next week. It's going to be such a good time. Don't miss it. Go to go to theboys.com slash Vleeties for more exclusive Gino and Vleeties content about the boys. And yes, good God, Gino. I think we covered it all tonight. Any parting words before we part? I think you all had an amazing night, hopefully, and hopefully you enjoyed our discussion. And we're going to be looking forward to discussing MAW tomorrow night on TWFS. That's right. We're going to be there. We not we won't maybe be there. We won't might be there. We survived COVID. Just as bright and just as talented. Thank you so much, Cassidy. Thank you so much, everybody. We're all doers here. We're going to do the whole fucking show tomorrow night. Live, right after AEW Dynamite. It's going to be such a fun show. Forbidden Doors coming up. None of us know what's happening. Says, say it loud. I will do her. I will do her. Gino, say that again. But don't mention dunk, duck meme porn.
Poor kids are just I'm as bright her. just as I'm a doer. Thank you so much, Charlie Hostile, for the hydrate. Let's get a hydrate. Let's ride off into that glorious sunset. Gino, thank you so much. Thank you for all the listeners. Thank you for all the, the supporters. Thank you for the viewers. All the new subscribers we had here on Trovo.live slash Fleeties. We ran a little long tonight, Gino, but we had to because I need to help you sometimes. I know like these past couple weeks I've been saying, Gino, watch more wrestling, watch more boys, watch more anime. You have to live your real life. I don't want you to have conspiracy theories about shows that we watch. I want you to have conspiracy theories about like why meat prices are going up or why gas prices are going up. Like my dream. Remember when Matt Damon or when Ben Affleck was like, you know my, you know what I want? I want to come to your door one day. You're just not there. You're gone. Remember Goodwill Hunting. So one day I want to ask you like, how was your day? And you're like, oh fuck, oh was at work. It sucked. Uh, but we had a really good day. We actually moved some. We actually moved some more. Uh, some more product. It actually went really well. Got a new client. He's working out of South Beach, but uh, he's in Georgia every couple of weeks. So right now he's here. He's taking a lot of product back. So we're trying to deal with all that. So Gino, we're gonna get into more of that later because you're a doer. I'm a doer. And have a good night, everybody. Up alone. Wishing you were here with me. I want us to be something that we probably never be. Today you called me up and said you see me at our show. Now I'm stuck debating if I even wanna go. Holly, don't you understand that what I say is true? I just want you to know that I'm so in love with you. I drive you to Las Vegas to the things you wanna do. I even have Chris Rowe dedicated song to you. I only wish that. Thank you, Gino. You're the best.